This is News Talk 980 CKNW. It's time to check in with Rick Forchuk, as we do every Sunday morning. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Jill. Good morning. Well. And we, uh, we have a little story to get to before we talk about the movies in theaters. We do, and I think you might have one, too. So, yeah, before we get to the week's movies, I want to tell you about what happened the first, at the first screening of Dunkirk a week ago Thursday at the Cineplex Colossus Theater in Langley. Now, theater management there received a request for a, from a couple of out-of-towners who wanted to catch the first screening on the big IMAX screen. Now, they're in the business, and they're working on a film on the Lower Mainland for 2018 release called Dragged Across Concrete. There's a great title. Uh, because the IMAX showings are all reserved seating, and because all but the right-in-front-of-the-screen seats were already sold, the duo was told that that's how it was. Now, neither one of them asked for any special treatment. They didn't ask that anybody be bumped out of their previously purchased seats. They just quietly took the uh, front-row seats right in front of that great big huge screen. Uh, the only concession to them was to have a theater manager bring them in from the back of the auditorium and walk down to their seats so they wouldn't have to be walking up in front of the crowd facing them. And at that, Jill, uh, Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn settled in to enjoy the movie, and then they left quietly at the end. And who knew? <laughs> and could you tell it was them when they walked in? Well, nobody knew other than the theater management. Uh, if anybody had looked, they would have known, but nobody looked because it was just two people taking the worst seats in the house. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, I saw, I was sitting uh, at the Jackpool Plaza the other day waiting uh, to meet up with somebody, and I heard the voice before I saw him, and I thought, that's Vince Vaughn's voice. I know that voice because I don't really go crazy over actors, but no. I do love Vince Vaughn. And then he walked right in front of me and... Wow walked across the plaza, and I'm still kicking myself that I didn't make a fool of myself and go up and say hello. He didn't say, oh, there's more Jill Bennett. <laughs> no, no, he did not. Oh, but there fun. he was, yes. Yeah, I had a brief encounter with him as well at the 2010 Olympics. I was fortunate enough to uh, be in the Empire Life box at a suite there, and uh, right next to that one was Vince Vaughn's suite, or a suite in which he was a part. And he was very gracious, a great fan, uh, but happy to talk with anybody and just a regular hockey fan. So I think he's a good guy. There you go, and taken in uh, the movie of Dunkirk. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Atomic Blonde is in theaters. Yes, this one's from the director of John Wick, the Keanu Reeves action-adventure movie. Uh, here we get David Leach doing the treatment for Charlize Theron, working as an MI6 agent in Cold War Berlin. Her character's name is Lorraine Broughton, and she's based on a graphic comic book. Her job is to go into East Berlin, uncover and seek out a list of double agents that will be critical for the efforts in thwarting the Russian KGB at its worst. Now, the action here is nonstop. Endless fight scenes choreographed by the same martial arts expert that trained Keanu Reeves in John Wick, and eight personal trainers all came together to create horrifically realistic scenes using guns, knives, bare hands, and anything just lying around that could become a weapon. James McAvoy is David Percival, allegedly her East Berlin contact and co-worker, although in a spy thriller such as this, you can't trust anybody to be who they say they are. John Goodman is with the CIA, or is he? Eric Gray, played by Toby Jones, is Lorraine's MI6 boss, isn't he? And so it goes, as the plot reels out a step at a time. The car chases look like they're from the Bourne films. Uh, the hand-to-hand -hand combat looks like the real thing. In fact, Charlize Theron cracked two teeth in the process, and I'm frankly surprised that she's still walking around. And the body count is very high. And there is a story, too, Jill, a very complex spy story that means you must watch carefully, pay attention to various clues, and try to determine where this is going, as everybody seems to want this list of double agents. 
Theron is one of the movie's producers, and she tells interviewers that she's been trying to get this movie made for five years. This is the most violent film. The language is atrocious, but the strong story and the context of the issues dealt with make it a good fit. In the U.S., it's an 18A rating, but in B.C., it comes with a 14A rating. There is nudity, there is some sex, and a lot of dead people. A good film with a lot going for it, though, Jill. It's easy to recommend Atomic Blonde. And, and the cracking of the teeth, I had heard that she does her stunts, so she's right in there doing that work. She does everything. In fact, her director said yesterday, uh, when the box office numbers came out for Friday night, and she was neck and neck with uh, Dunkirk and the Emoji movie, uh, her director said, you know, the greatest special effect in this movie is Charlize Theron's work ethic, which is amazing. Hmm. All right, you mentioned the Emoji movie. I didn't realize there was an entire film about emojis. Yeah, it's true, and uh, this is one of those sad things, because this got the worst rating on Rotten Tomatoes of any movie in the last three years. Uh, however, it will do well at the box office, because it's oriented towards children, and they must bring adults with them to the theater, so it doubles and triples the ticket-buying count. Uh, the best thing about this animated movie about the emojis that live in Textopolis is the Hotel Transylvania short that precedes it. When we get into the 86-minute long main feature, it falls apart like an iPhone screen hit by a rock. Now, the biggest problem is that it's a one-joke premise. All the emojis skittered around in Textopolis just waiting to get attached to a text message so they can fulfill their true potential. All of them except Gene, that is. Gene isn't like the other emojis, most of which have just one expression. You know, wide eyes, thumbs up, gritted teeth, that sort of thing. Well, Gene laughs, smiles, does what he wants, and in the world of emojis, that makes him an outcast. Worse, the teenager who owns the phone in which Gene resides figures that some antivirus software might clear up the problem with the rogue emojis who just wants to fit in. Uh, it's a lot of voices. Patrick Stewart is with his very dignified British accent is an emoji named Poop. I don't see no more about that. Uh, voices also of Anna Ferris, Maya Rudolph, and Stephen Wright. Uh, thank goodness for the Hotel Transylvania short at the beginning. The ratings PG. That's the emoji movie. Deal. You gotta wonder who came up with the idea that emojis. Yes, let's make a whole film out of this. Uh, somebody who wanted to make some money, and they will. They will. It's a bad movie, and uh, <laughs> kids won't even find it that entertaining. But it's a bad. But it'll make money. All right. That is uh, the Emoji Movie. We'll take a look uh, over on Netflix. Uh, I'm hooked on Ozark on Netflix, but we are talking about a couple of other things. Yeah, we'll talk about uh, Arrival from 2016. Uh, This Oscar-nominated sci-fi think piece had audiences split, some feeling it was a brilliant depiction of the first human contact with an alien species, others feeling that it just didn't make sense. Uh, Put me in the former category. I thought it was a great movie. Amy Adams plays Louise Banks, a Ph.D. who specializes in languages, and when a dozen huge football-shaped spacecraft appear at various places around the Earth, she is called in in an attempt to determine whether there's any commonality that would allow communication between the two races. A very, very good movie. It's directed by Canadian Denis Villeneuve. Uh, The science upon which the linguistics and the alien culture are based is accurate and realistic, as could be crafted, given the fact that there are no actual aliens here yet, unless, of course, you listen to Coast Coast to Coast, and and you'll know they're everywhere. Um, Anyway, it's a 14A rating. It's a rival. It's a good movie. That uh, is with Amy Adams. Uh, After the reality. Yeah, this is from 2016. We have Glee's Matthew Morrison starring along with Canadian Sarah Chalk from Scrubs in an interesting story of a contestant named Kate, played by Chalk, on a bachelorette-type reality show. She's doing well with her suitors when her life changes because of the sudden and unexpected death of her father. She has a sister from whom she's been estranged for years, and the dad's death seems to be the catalyst to have them make amends, but maybe not. 
Uh, Kate leaves the show prematurely, leaving any money on the table that might have changed her financial life, and tries to reconnect with her sister at a remote cabin in the woods. Another Glee alum, Jane Lynch, also stars the ratings 14A. That's after the reality. After the reality. What's happening over on Crave TV? Uh, Crave has got The Handmaid's Tale. Now, this is a series. It's been renewed for a second year. It aired on, I think, Bravo earlier. And um, it is based on the best-selling novel by Canadian author Margaret Atwood. It's produced by Hulu in the U.S., first available here, yes, on Bravo. Completed its 10-episode run, which completes season one. Netflix now has the entire season. Very suitable for binge-watching. Very interesting sci-fi look at uh, a world that could be. It's a chilling look at what might happen. An excellent cast, strong writing. I have assured this one a second season. The rating is 18A. Uh, That's The Handmaid's Tale on Crave. And uh, a quick look at TV. Yeah, tonight, The Making of Dunkirk. And if you've seen the movie currently in theaters, or even if you have not, History Channel has an excellent look at what it took to get the look and feel of the scope of this dramatic World War II movie. Now, be prepared to be surprised about how a good number of those 300,000-plus British soldiers appeared on the beach. Not computer-generated, older technology than that. Many were cardboard cutouts. Uh, Excellent behind-the-scenes stories on this one, Jill. That's on History Tonight. Interesting. All right. On that note, Rick, good to talk to you. We will talk to you next weekend. Yeah, and uh, try and catch up to Vince Vaughn, would you? I'm keeping my eyes peeled. I feel like I missed my one opportunity, though. Okay. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Rick. That is Rick Forchak. He joins us here every Sunday, letting us know what's opened in theaters, what stars are quietly entering theaters, as well as what's happening on the small screen. We are going to take a break. When we come back in the second hour of the program this morning, we are going to talk a little bit about the testing of the international ballistic missile from North Korea, what this means for international relations, and just how concerned Canada should be. We're also going to take a look at the stairway to know Nowhere. The story's been in the news for a couple of weeks. Why was it built? And are there any updates on where the staircase will eventually call home? We'll talk about that after your news to 7 o'clock. That's up next. Vancouver's News. Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.